Hello, and welcome to the History of Japan podcast, episode 51, Am Kyo. This week, we'll be discussing the background of the worst terrorist attack in Japanese history. Where did the cult known as Am Kyo come from, and why did it do what it did? To understand this story, we have to go back to the 19th century with the first arrival of Western ideas in Asia. Very often, when two different intellectual traditions meet, the result is a blending. Very often, each of these traditions has something to them. After all, if they did not, it would be pretty strange if they sustained themselves for long at all. So the natural human thing to do is to try and find the best of both. You see this, for example, in the Middle Ages in Europe, with the blending of Norse and Christian religion. For example, early medieval depictions of Jesus have a surprising amount in common with depictions of the Aesir of Norse myth, especially Thor. In one example, an early medieval version of the crucifixion has Jesus jumping onto the cross in order to battle death himself in single combat. Not something we'd associate with our modern image of Jesus. If you want to look this up, it's from a poem called The Dream of the Rood. In the Islamic world, Islam was blended rather seamlessly with the thought of the ancient Greek philosophers like Plato and Aristotle. Actually, much of what we know about the ancient Greeks comes to us via the Arab world. In Asia, the arrival of Buddhism in China touched off movements to adopt some of its ideas and practices into native traditions like Taoism and Confucianism. And of course, we've already talked about the blending of Shinto and Buddhism in Japan, where the two were often treated as different reflections of the same whole, though Buddhism, by virtue of its Chinese origins, was generally considered to be the better reflection. The same thing happened in the 1800s with the push by the West into Asia. Very often, the ones leading the charge of European colonial expansion were missionaries out to save souls rather than philosophers, So rather than syncretic blends of Eastern and Western philosophy, you start to see blends of Eastern and Western religion. And thank God for that, because I cannot even imagine what kind of crazy intellectual hybrid would come out of, for example, a blending of Lao Tzu and Nietzsche. Probably the best example comes from China, where a failed exam candidate named Hong Xiuquan came across a pamphlet distributed by Christian missionaries in the 1840s. He was so influenced by its ideas that in 1851 he declared himself to be the younger brother of Jesus Christ, come to save the Chinese in their hour of need. He founded a new kingdom called the Taiping Tianguo, the heavenly kingdom of great peace, and ironically touched off the most devastating civil war in the history of humanity, the Taiping Rebellion. Not all, or even most, of these religious blends were militant, however and they continued to spread throughout Asia. In China, societies like the Yiguandao, the All-Pervading Way, the Xiantiandao, the Way of Forward Heaven, and the Tongshanshe, the Society for Mutual Good, spread out of blendings of native Asian religions with foreign influences like Christianity, Nestorianism, or Islam. The same thing happened in Japan. A number of new religions, referred to in Japanese as Shinshukyo, which literally translates as new religions, began cropping up in the 19th century. Some of the largest include Omotokyo, the teaching of the Great Origin, which was founded by a female mystic named Deguchi Nao, Tenrikyo, the teaching of Heaven's Principles, also founded by a female mystic named Takayama Miki, and containing a distinctly monotheistic bent borrowed from Christianity, and the 
Perfect Oribadi Kyodan, the Church of Perfect Liberty, formed by a former Obake Zen monk named Toharumiki, and dedicated to the goal of world peace via artistic expression. Some movements ride the line between the old and new religions. For example, the Soka Gakkai movement is a lay or non-priestly association associated originally with Nichiren Buddhism. But because it is strictly speaking separate from the Nichiren faith, it is classified sometimes as a separate new religion. Many of these societies claimed adherence across national borders. For example, the Shantian Dao spread from China to Japan. This was in part, I imagine, because the kind of people predisposed to accept new religions would also be the kind of people predisposed towards pan-Asianism and Asian unity. Generally speaking, the response of Asian governments was broadly similar, from disdain to outright hostility. The Japanese government, with its desire to create a national religion out of state-sponsored Shinto, was not too keen on competition. In addition, the new religions were seen as superstitious and thus inherently opposed to the modern scientific Japan that the Japanese leadership wanted to create in order to make the nation strong. However, in order to be accepted as a civilized country by the West, the Japanese government had to include a provision for religious freedom in the constitution, which European governments mainly wanted to protect Christian converts from reprisals. The exact same logic applied in China. The Chinese nationalists despised the new religions as anti-scientific, but they could not repress them because, like Japan, the only way they could get treated as equals by the West was to include, among other things, a provision for religious liberty in their constitution. Then, of course, there were the Chinese communists, who were just generally hostile to religion. As a result, the new religions in Japan were discouraged, and when the military seized control of society, they began to be outright repressed. First, they were prohibited from trying to proselytize and get new converts, and then from meeting altogether. The only exception to this was actually in the occupied areas of Manchuria, where societies with mixed Japanese-Chinese memberships, such as the Xientian Dao, Yiguan Dao, and the Dao De Hui, the Society for Preservation of Virtue, were encouraged as a way of promoting pan-Asian unity underlying the Japanese expansion into Asia. After World War II, the environment for the new religions shifted. Before, both China and Japan had produced new religions pretty regularly. After the war, China's new communist government began discouraging the religions from spreading, though it did not actively suppress prior converts. Japan, on the other hand, saw a far more tolerant government put into place by the American occupation, and as a result, Japanese new religions continued to flourish. And that brings us to Aum Shinrikyo. Aum was founded in 1984 as a new religion by a Japanese mystic named Asahara Shoko. Asahara was born under the name Matsumoto Chizuo on March 2, 1955, to a poor family as the fourth of seven children. His father was a professional tatami mat maker. As a child, he developed infantile glaucoma, which caused him to go blind in his left eye and have only partial use of his right. As a result, he turned to the traditional careers for the blind in East Asia. After he completed his high school education, he began studying traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. In 1977, at the age of 22, he married his wife, Tomoko. Around this time, he also began practicing meditation, as well as reading various esoteric religious tracts from the Buddhist and Hindu traditions, in addition to the Bible. 
We're not really sure when precisely his enlightenment, if you could call it that, took place, but it was at some point after this moment. In 1984, he applied to the Japanese government for recognition of his religious organization, which he called the Om Shinsen no Kai. Om being from the Sanskrit syllable Om, placed at the beginning of a lot of esoteric Indian texts, and Shinsen no Kai meaning, roughly, Association of Taoist Immortals. So it was definitely before 1984 and sometime after 1977 when he began his career as a religious mystic and attained his quote-unquote enlightenment. Judging from in-house publications by his group, sometime around 1986 he changed the group's name to Om Shinrikyo, The True Teachings of Om, and formalized his own renaming from Matsumoto Shizuo to Asahara Shoko. The group officially received recognition from the Japanese government in 1989. Recognition takes a long time in Japan, because once you have it, you get some very intense privileges. Functionally speaking, being recognized as a religion by the Japanese government more or less puts you above scrutiny. Even activities that would normally be considered for profit, and thus could be scrutinized by the government if, say, you were in the United States, are generally treated as hands-off. Pretty much the only time the Japanese investigate religions is if they seriously suspect criminal behavior, and even then it's pretty rare. A lot of this has to do with the legacy of wartime Japan. After the repression associated with the government sponsorship of Shinto, the Japanese government is very careful to avoid anything that could be remotely construed as clamping down on either the political or religious rights of its citizenry. America is also partially responsible for this. We wrote the religious corporations law put in place in Japan in 1947 and made sure it was extremely protective for exactly those reasons. Today, there are almost 200,000 religious corporations in Japan, and due to multiple overlapping memberships, their total membership actually exceeds Japan's population. To be specific, it's 127 million people as of 2012. Anyway, Asahara and his followers, at the time less than 100 people, though we're not exactly sure how many, put a lot of pressure on the Tokyo government to recognize them and get these privileges, picketing the agency responsible for the decision and allegedly raising funds for campaign contributions for politicians they perceived as sympathetic to them. The drive paid off in 1989. Official recognition resulted in an explosion in the size of Amshin Rikyo. Its net worth expanded from 430 million yen, approximately 4.3 million dollars in 1989, to 100 billion yen, or 1 billion dollars in 1995. Membership skyrocketed as well, from the original less than 100 in 1989 to 10,000 in 1992 and 50,000 in 1995, with branches in six other countries. 1989 also saw Am Shinrikyo commit its first crime, and not being ones to start small, it was multiple homicide. The group was already under fire from several ex-members who alleged that it engaged in intimidation, extortion of members, and threats. These ex-Am members also sued the group and were represented by a lawyer named Sakamoto Tsutsumi, who had derided the group's beliefs in public most notably the idea that Asahara Shoko's blood had special powers. In 1989, both Sakamoto himself, as well as his wife and children, were reported missing. 
At the time, the Japanese police were unable to resolve the case, but after 1995, they concluded that the family was murdered by all members who had banked on the religious corporation's law to keep them safe from investigation. The bodies, as best we can tell, were dumped in Tokyo Bay. In short, 1989 proved to the Aum Shinrikyo leadership that they could literally get away with murder, something they would remember down the line. The following year also saw a brief foray into politics by the Aum Shinrikyo leadership. Asahara founded a political party called the Shinri-to, the True Teachings Party, and contested the 1990 metropolitan elections in Tokyo. The Shinri-to was a disaster. It got fewer votes than the membership of Aum Shinri-kyo in Tokyo. Apparently, some of its own followers felt that their messiah could not be trusted to run the government. Anyway, before we get any further into the story, we should probably take a detour to talk about what Aum Shinri-kyo actually believed in. The short version is a fusion of popular culture, Western theology, and Eastern spiritualism. The group was focused on the healing power of meditation, but also contained rather esoteric ideas borrowed from Tibetan Buddhism. Among other things, Asahara suggested that an enlightened person, such as himself, could develop powers of clairvoyance, telepathy, and even flight. There are actually a few pictures of Asahara flying, publicized by the group from before the sarin gas attacks. I'll put one on the website so you can see how it worked. It's pretty obvious he's just bouncing on a trampoline. There's also a bizarre scientific element attached to their ideas. Many of the top-level members of Aum Shinrikyo were actually academics. For example, adherents could buy electric headgear that allowed them to commune with Asahara from a distance. The cost was around $10,000 a month to rent one, if you're wondering. But at that price, isn't enlightenment cheap? They also had devices allowing their master's astral vibrations to cleanse them from a distance. The group also incorporated elements of Christianity, most notably the idea of Armageddon. The ending of the world in the Christian sense is not normally part of Buddhist theology to any large degree, but the group, borrowing from the Book of Revelation, declared the end to be imminent. The destruction of the world, in case you're wondering, would be a result of another war between Japan and the U.S., which would engulf the entire world with only the membership of Aum Shinrikyo saved. Aum Shinrikyo was also extremely anti-Semitic. Asahara Shoko blamed the Jews for everything from the Khmer Rouge killings in Cambodia to the Rwandan genocide. Apparently, my people have a master plan to reduce the world's population by 3 billion by 2000, we're already a bit behind schedule, while taking over the world's governments. We already control Japan's. Asahara was convinced that all of this was true, and in 1994 declared war on the Jewish people with a speech laden with quotes from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Of course, none of what he's saying is true, but of course that's exactly what I would say if it was, or did I just blow your mind? To the best of my knowledge, Aum Shinrikyo never actually attacked Jews, but that may have had more to do with the lack of targets than anything else. Instead, it focused on those it called Jewish-Japanese, which essentially meant anyone in politics or with a remotely cosmopolitan bent. The final component of Asahara's beliefs was actually popular culture. Asahara regularly lectured using examples from popular anime and manga. Space Battleship Yamato, for example, was a popular choice for its depiction of a small group fighting to save humanity. 
In addition, funnily enough, Isaac Asimov's Foundation novels were a popular source of material. It's ironic, because Isaac Asimov was, of course, a Jew. Asahara apparently liked the idea of an elite group of super geniuses forced to go underground during the Dark Age so they could rise again to rebuild the world. Personally, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I found Foundation to be preachy and badly paced, but then again, I'm not an enlightened mystic, so you should probably not be coming to me for your book reviews. So that's the down and dirty summary of what Am Shinrikyo believed. Aside from the murder and violent extremism, which, to be fair, is a pretty big aside, it's pretty standard for one of Asia's new religions in terms of being a blending of Eastern and Western thinking with popular culture. Throughout the early 1990s, Am Shinrikyo continued to expand. It also continued to engage in illegal activities, including extortion from its members, threatening them in order to get donations. However, what catapulted Am Shinrikyo to international fame was its foray into bio-warfare. As we've discussed, Asahara and his subordinates believed that World War III was imminent and would trigger the apocalypse, followed by a golden age where followers of Am Shinrikyo would take over the world. It appears that this belief was the impetus for Am's attacks. The attacks were designed to trigger the war between Japan and the U.S., which would result in Armageddon. Am Shinrikyo began its foray into biowarfare in the early 1990s, when Asahara recruited Endo Seiichi, who held a PhD in molecular biology from Kyoto University. Endo first attempted to cultivate botulism, a widely available toxin that is very lethal to humans, but only if ingested. It loses much of its power when inhaled. Endo was dispatched to Tokachi, a city in Hokkaido, to begin developing the toxins in 1990. He was sent in March, a few weeks after Asahara's Shinrito was defeated in the polls. This gives some credibility to the idea that Asahara settled on biowarfare on his path to power once the ballot box was closed to him. The first attack then took place in April. Asahara's followers targeted a U.S. naval base in Yokosuka, south of Tokyo, hoping to spark a fight, apparently, between the U.S. and Japan as a result. However, botulism proved ineffective because, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't work well when inhaled. Endo began trying to refine his botulism formula. In the meantime, two attempts were made to use anthrax in 1993 as a vector for an attack. Yet again, no one was injured, though apparently some of the neighbors complained about the smell. Despite the complaints, the religious corporation's law prevented any investigation of Om as a result. Several more attacks were made with botulism and anthrax, all of which failed. Using vans with chemical sprayers, Om targeted the Imperial Palace, the Diet Building, and many government centers, but failed every time. Eventually, Asahara decided to shift focus from germs to gas, ordering the production of a nerve agent called sarin. Sarin was first developed by IG Farben, a Nazi-backed industrial firm in Germany in 1938. The US and Russia both used it in their own chemical weapons stockpiles. Now, finally, Om began to succeed. In June 1994, the cult launched its first successful bio-attack against the city of Matsumoto in Nagano Prefecture. Seven people died and 150 were injured, but the Japanese government investigation produced no results. Emboldened by his success, 
Asahara made the decision to launch the attack which would catapult him to worldwide infamy. This time, he decided to attack the capital. He would hit the subway system to maximize results, a combined environment being best for gas, and would target the Kasumigaseki and Nagatacho stations, which lie at the heart of the districts of Tokyo dominated by the national government. The cult made one attempt on March 15th, which failed. Apparently, the distribution systems were sabotaged at the last minute by a cult member who had a change of heart. The second attempt was made on March 20th, and this time it took. Twelve people died, and thousands more were injured. Five attacks took place via different train lines, each with one person assigned to release the gas and another to act as getaway driver. Asahara, meanwhile, stoked his own followers on by claiming that they themselves were being targeted for chemical attacks. Apparently, shortly after the subway attacks, Asahara claimed that the group itself was being targeted for chemical warfare by the government, and pointed to some damage on his body which he said came from their chemicals. More likely, he'd been accidentally exposed to his own. Which, I guess, is karma for you. Though again, I'm not an enlightened mystic, so what do I know? Unfortunately for his megalomaniacal schemes, the Japanese government did not immediately blame the U.S. for the attack and declare war. Since, of course, legally the Japanese government cannot declare war. Instead, they launched an investigation like sane, rational human beings. Finally, there was enough will to break the taboo against investigating religious organizations, and the investigators hit on the motherlode, finding more than enough material to prove that Am was behind the attacks, and likely planning future ones. Asahara and his circle of leaders were arrested, and Am was stripped of its status as a religious corporation. However, it was not banned. An attempt to ban it was blocked by the Japanese Supreme Court. 189 members of Am Shinrikyo have been indicted in relation to the attacks in the past 19 years. The last two perpetrators were caught in June 2012. 13 members, including Asahara and Endo Seichi, were sentenced to death, which Japan does via hanging. The government does not announce dates in advance, so it's unclear when those sentences will be executed. Five were given life in prison, covering the remaining perpetrators of the attacks. 80 more were given sentences of various lengths, and 87 were given suspended sentences. Two were fined, and one was found not guilty. After Asahara's imprisonment, his two sons briefly took over as gurus for the cult. However, they were soon displaced by Joyu Fumihiro, one of the few members of Am's upper-level leadership who was not indicted as part of the gas attacks. He has renounced the violent past of Am and rebranded the organization under the name Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. However, he and Aleph are under constant supervision by the Japanese government, and protests to ban the organization do still take place. Aleph also hasn't shaken its reputation for violence completely. In 2000, Russian police arrested one Dmitry Sigachev, an Am member and, surprisingly, former KGB agent, who was stockpiling weapons for a raid to free Asahara from prison. Joyu issued a statement that Sigachev had been kicked out of the group, but it didn't really help their PR issues very much. Eventually, the group schismed. In 2007, Joyu broke off to form a new group called Hikari no Wa, the Circle of Light, apparently as a result of an argument over how much reverence to show Asahara. After the former leader's final death penalty conviction in 2006... 
Joe Yu wanted to purge all mention of or association with Asahara, but not everyone in Aleph agreed. To this day, both Aleph and Hikari no Wa are active organizations. Each has around a thousand members, but they are constantly trying to recruit more, and are watched pretty regularly by the Japanese police. In the end, Am Shinrikyo's legacy is one of destruction and violence, and I'm not sure that any amount of PR rebranding can fix that. That's all for this week. For more on this week's episode or any other episode, or to submit ideas for future episodes, check out the podcast webpage at www.historyofjapan.wordpress.com or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash historyofjapan. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you next time for a biography of Nichiren, one of Japan's most famous Buddhist leaders. Oh.